0: Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast.
2: You are listening to the We Are West Ham Podcast Opposition View with me, Will Pugh? Delighted to say that joining me this week is not only our Opposition View guest, but James Jones has decided to dial in on an opposition view. Very lovely to have my co-host with me on these supplementary pods that come out a little bit later in the week. Uh even more thrilled though, unfortunately, for Jonesy to say that joining us is Dan Bayliss, once again a returning guest on the We Are West Ham podcast from the Wolves 77 Club pod. Dan, great to have you with us again. I, I always look forward to having a chat with you because it's normally like you're walking through some picturesque street in London with your <laughs> mobile in your hand on the way to a meeting or somewhere somewhere swanky looking. Uh, this morning, we're blessed with your presence from a reasonably noisy building site in the middle of town, is it?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm out. I, I work in... Uh, property, so I'm out on my building site in Battersea by the power station.
2: Lovely, very nice indeed, mate. No, I don't apologise at all. Uh Not a problem. It's great having you on on the pod. Okay. How? What? Kick off? Sort of before we get into like results and and how you're getting on and all that sort of stuff. What's the feeling among Wolves fans at the moment? Because we're in a weird spot at, at West Ham where we're ninth in the league, we're top of our Europa League group. We only need a draw at home on Thursday to go through as group winners and we've beaten Arsenal in the League Cup. Yeah, it feels, among a, a sizable section of the fan base, it feels quite mutinous at the moment. Obviously, we lost five nil to Fulham, which didn't help, but it was there before that. What's the feeling among among supporters at the moment? Are you enjoying being a Wolves fan and, and the, all the rest of
1: you? Well, I think we've had this chat before sort of Wolves fans and West Ham fans are the same we're all pretty fickle um <laughs> it goes up and it goes up and down sort of week by week so start of the season obviously love left and Neil came in there was this massive concern with Neves leaving as well Wolves had lost some big hitters no money coming through we were really worried so sort of the Wolves outlook at the start of the season was oh you know this could be a disaster let's just stay up let's just stay up And then the results started to turn for us. We had a really bad loss away to Ipswich in the League Cup. And everyone was like, oh my God, (laughs) this bloke's well out of his depth, PE teacher, all that jazz. (laughs) Since that point, we went on a a fantastic run of form. Played really well, beat City at home, beat Tottenham in the last minute, which was fantastic. Um, And sort of the last four or five games, it's dropped off. We've looked very flat. I mean, we've taken four points from the last three, but if you're sort of reading social media or talking to a, that more hard, you know, harsher side of the fan base. They're a little bit disappointed by the results. I thought we were very flat against Forest in a one-all draw. Um, could have gone either way that game. Burnley, we were awful. If Burnley had taken their chances, they'd have beaten us. But we managed to get a one-nil win. And Arsenal, I mean, the first half at Arsenal, they absolutely played us off the park. Um, um, so it's a bit of a strange time for a Wolves fan. We're, we're quite optimistic because the football we're seeing um, has been a lot better than we were expecting. We're a lot further up the league and we've got more points than we were expecting. But at the same time, it's sort of, there's been a bit of expectation growing because certain players have stepped up, you know, Wang a couple of seasons ago, last season couldn't trap a bag of cement and now he looks fantastic. (laughs) And you're sort of starting to get that dynamic of a team coming together. But all in all, I'd say more of us are optimistic than we are pessimistic, but we need to probably start playing a bit better football in these games we need to win, you know, West Ham are a great side. You're doing fantastically well. You Won a trophy last year, all that sort of stuff. But your run of form is not great at the moment. Wolves should be targeting going down there, trying to pick something up on Saturday. But they need to put a performance together to do that. And what I've seen in the last three games is they all look, I don't know, they're tired or, you know, the games have all come a bit too quick for them or our pace of football's too quick to sustain it over a long period. But it just hasn't quite gelled the last few weeks. So we've got to, we've got to do something on Sunday to bring it back.
0: Dan, I've just been looking at your your results so far this season, and it it, it is literally, it just reminds me of West Ham. It's just so typical. It's like you you beat Tottenham two one, and then follow that up with the defeat to Wolves. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, Fulham. Um, and then before that, <laughs> yeah. Tottenham win. Before that, Tottenham win. You lost to Sheffield United, and you know you've lost to Palace this season, but beaten Man City. Um, and it just it, it reminds me of <laughs> yeah. West Ham so much. It, it, yeah, it's bad. With that. I mean, from the outside looking in, there seems to be a, a great deal of optimism around Gary O'Neill and what he's doing at the club and, and kind of the football he's trying to play. Um, is is that, you know, you mentioned there that there is a, a, a bit of frustration, but also optimism. Is is he going to be given the time at Wolves? Because, I mean, I think he's been fantastic. And I saw him on Monday Night Football and he spoke really, really well what, a couple of months ago now. And it does yeah. seem like he's, he's the next upcoming manager in the Premier League to, to really sort of to take the Premier League by storm almost I thought
1: that was a little bit of the turning point to be honest um Wolves fans didn't really know enough about him he sort of just kept Bournemouth up and then got booted out and we didn't a couple of the comments flying around when he joined was it wasn't particularly nice football to watch but he managed to keep him up um but what we've seen since then is he made maybe a few tactical bad decisions and stuff in those first few games then it came right and he did that Monday night football and a lot of people's opinions changed he's clearly mm. quite a switched on blow um, and at times, when we play well, we do look absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yes, he will be given time. I think he's he's gone through that little patch where people were like, who's this bloke? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Is he good enough to do the job here? He definitely is. We just need to see it a bit more consistently going forward. So, I don't know, a few heads might turn on him again if he doesn't pick up more points. But as you were saying, like we'll beat Tottenham, lose Sheffield United or... Get a result against a big club, draw with Luton. That's just classic balls.
0: I mean, do, do, do you not think that's that's part of the process almost? Though he's, he's trying to implement this this, this in, yeah. In, in this style of play, um, yeah, you you have to kind of almost put up with the inconsistency while he tries to really get this squad he, turn it into his squad. You know, he probably needs a couple more windows to really get the players in to really make that style of play effective. Um, and you know we don't see it very often in the Premier League these days, but perhaps time will be his friend in the long run if he's allowed to really kind of implement this style, bring in the players he wants, and really remove that inconsistency and, and give Wolves a little bit more consistency on the pitch with time.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's, I mean, it's not even his team yet, and yeah. we we made a sort of last gasp handful of signings to make sure we even had a squad for the season after you know Neves, Martinez went. You know, it was a change in the guard at Molyneux all round, really. Those players that had bought us up and done so well with us, got us into Europe and all the way through to the sort of final stages of the Europa League. They've now all gone. So we're seeing a new team come through. And our transfer dealings over the last few years haven't been that good. Um, we sort of bought in players that haven't quite made it. We spent a lot of money on the likes of sort of wedders and people like that. That, Bought Dawson out, the the didn't you? Out. Dawson. Sorry, my lights has gone on. Oh. Nope. <laughs> 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 I am not paid the electric bills
2: <laughs> pound in the meter mate
1: uh, uh, Dawson a, was a fantastic a buy the cheapest buys we've had which is like Dawson and Lamina have been unbelievable I mean yeah, Lamina uh, how anyone got rid of him absolute walk, workhorse in the middle picks both I mean he picks for booking every 20 minutes he plays but, so,
0: loves a card yeah
1: yeah but he's brilliant Dawson fantastic holding the back together with Kilman um, Probably need to bring in another couple of wing backs. We've got Spado who's got a lot better as he's gone on in his time at the club and sort of a bit of a first name on the team sheet top player. Now on the other side, we've got a kid called Bueno and Aitnori. who are both sort of young talents. Eight nori going forward can look fantastic when he's on his day. Um, but the midfield's a complete change. Um, Lamina, Belgard, Gomez have all sort of come in over the last year or so. And they're just starting to find their feet which is good, but some games they go missing. I mean, we might as well have not add a midfield against Arsenal, because so they just run straight through us. Um, and I mean, that purple patch of form we had was when Neto had just hit his stride. He's still top of the assists, I think. I haven't looked since last weekend, but he's got seven assists still. And Hwang's sort of stepped up and taken on a striker role, got himself up in the goals. So that has changed the team. We're hoping that Neto might be on the bench someday. Maybe not quite yet, but um that would be a great sort of seeing him come back into the team. We've sort of lost our attacking flair a little bit in the last few weeks. And you mm. you can definitely notice that that's Neto not being in the squad.
2: Yeah, it did annoy me when I saw James put Huang Hee Chan in his fantasy team. I was like, what is he doing? And then Wait, about five weeks you know, later, he you know. scored about six goals. Yeah, if you yeah. know, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was annoying. But um, look, Dan, just sort of before we move on to the game on the weekend, you, you've you mentioned Gary O'Neill there. And I, I sort of, I don't know. It, it's like he obviously played for West Ham before and he was... Yep. He was just like a proper six point five out of ten player. I can't remember anything remarkable he did or anything bad. He just played football right. and yeah. earned his like reasonable wages for us. Obviously, we're in the championship, I think, when he played for us that second time round. Um, and he was just like perfectly fine. And I think that I think that sort of weirdly, that's kind of his brand, isn't it? And I think that's the thing. I don't. I think his football almost has to be a little bit better than some other managers might. Who has a bit more personality, maybe, or because he's, he's sort of fighting against his own brand as well as just like not that interesting, like quite plain, sort of like yeah, didn't do anything great as a player either. Not that that was guaranteed managerial success. But one thing on that, that I want to ask you about is personality-wise. Was obviously Wolves? It's like universally accepted that you've been the most shafted by VAR this season.
1: I've been trying not so, to say anything.
2: Of, well, no, no, but like, but it's it. You're in your case, it isn't one of them where it's just like you know. Arsenal fans will have you believe that there's a conspiracy against their club, whereas most other fans will hear that and go, "Oh, leave it out." Like your manager's just moaning, you're just bitter because you couldn't get a shot on target at Newcastle. Whereas the whole Premier League are going, yeah, poor old Wolves. <laughs> like, with genuinely, everyone does feel sorry for you. So I do, I do want to hear about the like your thoughts on the VAR stuff first, and and yeah, how he's sort of been supporting the Wolves fan, but also how do you what do what's your opinion on how Gary O'Neill's dealt with it? Because I think he stayed calmer than most other managers in the league would uh, when he's got the most cause really to completely lose the plot
1: about it. Yeah. I think he'd, he's he got every right to throw his toys out the prom if he wanted to, hasn't he? Um, I think yeah. it's nine points now that we've potentially taken off us by VAR. So another bad one. And we're on a par with Everton. Um, mm. it's...
2: <laughs> yeah. I, only yeah. without the uh, breach of financial fair, fair play.
1: Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't like moaning about it too much but obviously we've discussed it at length on our own podcast and the main thing that I'm taking from all of this is that we all do this sort of thing us as fans do these sort of fan channels youtube podcasts whatever to talk about football and it's so frustrating that none of us get to talk about football anymore you know mm. I don't we don't want to give up our time to be talking about what some group of idiots are doing in a shed somewhere in Milton Keynes We want to talk about the game that was played and how great the good things were and the bad things were. Yet we find ourselves only talking about the referees now and the VAR and stuff. And we've had the same conversation, right? People have gone, it's a conspiracy. It's this, it's this, it's this. And I think the whole crux of it is that it's sheer incompetence. If any of us turned up to our jobs and were that bad, we'd probably get sacked. Um, Mm -hmm. Yet these these guys get the backing and get the support every week to go and do it again the next week. And it's clear that the the people then setting the rules and telling them how to officiate the games clearly aren't football people because Hmm. if you took you guys as West Ham fans, us as Wolves, pretty much proper football fans from any club and showed them the incidents without club badges on it, most of us have probably come to the same decision. And most of the time, it will probably be the opposite of what the VAR have found. So it's got to be incompetence. That's all I can put it down to. You know, we had a... I wasn't going to moan and now I'm going to moan yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. A, I'm, gonna say, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm just going to go make another coffee I think
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had a penalty against us um Newcastle got a penalty against us at home at and you sort of think two players going for a tackle wins the ball blood goes over great crack on they somehow give that as a penalty and then it happens again the following week and you just that was the sharp Fabian
2: Shah one that was proper yeah. bad that one yeah
0: so it's just they, they make deep, it worse, honey. don't they, by slowing things down, though? Because when you slow any kind of tackle or contact down into slow motion, it always makes it look worse than what it actually was.
1: It's nuts. And a lot of these games, right, we probably didn't deserve to win it or we might have gone on to win it or whatever it happens to be. That doesn't really matter. It's the talking point of getting things right and wrong and where they see football being. It's like... We
2: haven't deserved to win any of our games this season, Dan, and we're ninth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, I don't know. It's a talking point I don't want. I'd rather do our podcast, talk about the football game and the odd bad decision, because you're going to get a couple in the year anyway. And now we seem to be getting the same amount of bad decisions just from more referees than it was before. The only difference is, is that I don't get in the pub till half five rather than ten past five.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dan, yeah. just quickly, before James asks you about the game, um, what do you think of O'Neill's reaction to it? Just, Just quickly then, because he's... He has like, would you have would you rather see him like doing an Arteta or whatever? When you think, come on, Gary, like give it to him a bit, and they might subconsciously think next time, or or are you just like, ah, oh, whatever, I don't really care. It makes no difference.
1: It makes no difference anyway because these people are useless. But I think at the same time, if he says something, he gets fined, and then it's all over the press. I think you just shutting up and getting on with it and trying to win it as a football game is the best way to deal with it. Um, I don't know. You could, it's so easy for him to come out and have a go at them because he's got every right Mm. to. Whether it's the right thing to do or not is a very different question. We could spend a long time talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Looking ahead to to Sunday, then, I was just looking at your your away form, just two wins away from home all season uh, against Bournemouth and Everton. I think I might have missed one. I don't know, but I think that's right. No, that's right. Um, And you mentioned earlier that we should be looking at this game away at West Ham uh, as one to win how do you think Gary O'Neill approaches this one with all of that in in mind
1: yeah say one to win I think one to we should try and get something from right a point at least Um, I think he's got to go back to his style of football we've been quite flat the last couple of games against teams lower than us we tend to you know they tend to be deeper they're not going to come at us which means we can't get wide and go quick as much as we like to whereas West Ham and us are going to play, play a decent style of football it's going to be attacking I would hope West Ham are going to go go for it at home which hopefully opens the game up and there's a bit more pace in it and that might suit Wolves a little bit um we're struggling with injuries which a lot of clubs do that so can't really moan about that I just like to see us press be aggressive play the game higher up the pitch that'd make me happy you know it's a tough place to go we're not I'm not I'm not making a flippant comment by saying we should try and go there and get something that's just how Wolves have to go out to Take yeah. ourselves out of that mire at the bottom of the table and get into that next step so just just the wolves attacking game of football where we actually try and put that pressure on we've had our best performances have come when we've really gone at teams for the first sort of 10 15 minutes rather than sitting back um so i just want to see more of that really
2: who do you think's think is going to play it's... what are the what are the style sorry james no no, no go, on, go on no i was just going to say who, who do you expect to uh, like style wise what, what who are we expecting um expecting the game to sort of play out then?
1: Yeah, it would be a pretty similar Wolves team. Nothing probably is going to change that much. We've, we've had this keeper. What in. is that? A, keep, a keeper change recently. Um, be quite controlling through the mizzle, be quite physical. Um, two of the lads like to run with the ball, especially Cunha. He'll sort of drop in, take it and go. Um, that'll release the wide players to let them get down the wings and try and get in behind if we can. Um, that's how Wang's got a lot of his goals, sort of sitting back taking his time or getting a nice one Um Sarabia, who I haven't even talked about yet, um, came from PSG, did absolutely nothing for 12 months and suddenly he's turned up as a player. Um, you might seen his goal against Spurs, absolutely fantastic finish. Um, and he he actually looked at one of the few sharp ones against Forrest when Cunha did. So just that quick, aggressive, getting over the halfway line and pushing on again. Uh, that's how Wolves like to play. Right, coming in, Dan.
2: It's been absolutely brilliant having you back on the podcast again. Uh love having you on as usual. Uh give us a score prediction. West Ham Wolves in the Premier League, Sunday, two o'clock at London Stadium.
1: Uh everything in my head says a one all draw. But <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say we're gonna go and nick it one-nil.
2: Yeah, I think um I, th- I mean we're beatable, to be honest. It just depends which West Ham turn up. Um, Jonesy, what are you saying?
0: Um <laughs> I can't disagree with Dan. To be fair, I, I, I just don't see us winning this game. I think it'll be a one-all draw, or or, or a two-all, or something like that. I just don't see us winning this one. Uh, we need to win, really, to put that Fulham game to bed early. But yeah, I just I don't see it. I think we're all think of we're our all lads on out. our
1: show. They went. Everyone went with the draw. So
0: yeah, I, and I, I just think, I think the, there. Full, the Fulham result has is, is exploited how bad, how poorly we've been playing for. Maybe the last two months in terms of style and a lack of intensity, and I think unless we Even get now that back, a sickness bug. then no, unless we get that back, I think I think we're going to be in trouble. And we're going to we're going to struggle a little bit. So I'm going to go one 0
2: One 0 blind me. That's still more positive than I thought you were going to be. That like, result wise, I yeah, I just got a horrible feeling. If we don't clear this, obviously we don't know the full extent of how bad the sickness bug is. But with Freiburg. Um, on Thursday, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be after the Freiburg game, so we'll know whether we're through to the uh, Europa League last sixteen or thirty-two, depending whether we won the group or not. Uh, but I still think it's a game fairly swiftly after that Fulham one. If everyone hasn't quite got it out of their system yet, about to play another game. There's a bit of fatigue in there still, mixing with everything else. It doesn't feel. Uh, it just feels like it could be a bit of a bit of a banana skin. So I think I'd actually be quite pleased. With a draw, but I think it's important for David Moyes and for his, you know, CV and future employment prospects that we win at least one of these games and and we do really need a result in the Prem. So, I don't know, I'm going to say a a really positive to all but we're unlucky to concede them, but we'll see. Uh, Listen, Dan, it's been absolutely great having you with us on the podcast once again. We always love talking to you, mate. Uh, I am actually quite sorry about all the VAR shaftings you've had this
1: season. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah I hope it sorts yourself out I hope you're looking after Craig Dawson for us uh, Dan Bailey's there from the Wolves 77 club looking ahead to Sunday's game in the Premier League West Ham the Wolves ninth plays 13th I think it is so uh, yeah sure to be a, a freezing cold December thriller full of festive cheer among the fan base. who are so delighted to be West Ham and David Moyes fans at the moment. Thanks for listening for this week. Stay with us because you will hear a little bit more from me and James Jones. No, it won't actually. No, you won't hear from us till next week after the Wolves game. Thanks for listening up, the Hammers. West Ham are massive and we'll see you next week.
0: Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast.
2: Podcast Network.